Welcome back to Money with Mac and G. Hey, we have a special guest today on our show who is Sarah Lyday, who's the redheaded Christina Aguilera, and she's a financial advisor. We have somebody that's just a little bit younger, female, we'd like to bring on the show because when we talk about money, we want to make sure that everybody knows that you don't have to have a special look or way or age or anything in order to be able to handle money. How are you doing today, Sarah? Doing really well. I just want to clarify for the audience out there that I'm not the redheaded Christina Aguilera because I can sing. It's just because I have these cool headphones on <laughs> and a mic in front of me. So I'll spare you guys the falsetto. But uh, As you can I'm tell right out of the here. gate, yes, uh, Sarah is um, uh, animated and a lot of fun to talk to. So we're really happy that you're here. And we still have our Ed McMahon of uh, Money with Mac and G. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Mr. Tony Petro. And so he uh, star. likes to uh, join <laughs> us as uh, we go on. We were, uh, you were a little late today, Tony. Is everything okay? Everything was good. Just a little brainstorm session down 16 Tech, downtown Indy. It was really kind of cool. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that later. Can't Sounds... stop the flow. No, nope, can't stop it. Once you turn on the brain, you just can't turn it off, huh? Well, you can dumb it down a little bit, though. And unfortunately, you didn't bring me wine today, so... It's probably good, but it's before. Oh, it's right afternoon. All right, I should have. But uh, five o'clock somewhere. Hey, next time we will definitely get onto that. Barcelona. Barcelona. Está bien. So, Sarah, <laughs> let's uh, let's hear just a little bit about your background because we had your father in here. Uh, what was it? A week ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah. Two weeks ago. Who's a financial advisor? He had a very interesting story, and you and I were going over just lots of different things uh, upstairs, and maybe we can get to some of that. And you can tell us a little bit about your background. You're one of four and you can kind of go from there. Sure. Yeah. Um, not a redheaded thing, but the apple falling not too far from the tree is <laughs> my my life story right now. Um, I Like you said, I'm the oldest of four. Grew up about 20 minutes from here, um, Indiana, born and raised. I think being a big sister is very... Um, very ingrained in who I am. I don't think anyone else in my family could have been the big sister of my family. <laughs> um, but I couldn't have been the youngest or the middle or anything like that either. So um, that's definitely a big part of who I am. And I feel like it's kind of extended. Because um, we talk about me being number four out of six. And I'm more a little bit more the peacemaker and the one that actually says things right between your eyes. So that, um, <laughs> that's hey, good. stop being a jerk. And this is why. So Because yeah. you, um, you're telling me you like to direct people. You like to get out there and get in the oh, melee. I am, I am the girl with the clipboard. I've had one since I was five and had all my stickers on it. I was just telling you Redbubble is the coolest place just to find new stickers. But um, And Redbubble, buck, buck a shot. So like the kids, Mac and G, they like stickers and they like to see new ones. And I guess you can go to Redbubble and see all kinds of really cool ones out there. The artists just yeah. can, can post. But yeah, so a little bit more about my, my childhood, I guess, um, yeah. and comparing and contrasting. Let me, tell me where you want me to go. <laughs> what, what kind of stuff when you were like really young did you get into studying? What what were you kind of more of a reader or more a math or what what because we like to hear the background because yeah. there are insights into the background which get you to the point that you're at today. Yeah. Okay. So I was telling you about how my binder and my clipboard and all of this stuff. So um, I have always been pretty organized. I'm a Virgo if you're into astrology at all, but um, I have like I a tab it. for how to eat well and what snacks I liked. And I had good workouts to do and all this stuff. You should have been named after your mother. Julie. Julie, the cruise director. 
Oh my gosh, no. Julie was... Just the name, just the name. Julie's disco playlist was the hit in Carpool. At 7 a.m., she is bumping to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Hey, all right. Oh my gosh, but... Um, that got you going for your day, huh? Oh yeah, we were so embarrassed, of course. Um, but now when you look back, it's like a great memory, isn't it? Good job, Mom. You did a good job. You have to embarrass us. But the lady across the street, Mrs. Laughlin, would... They had that big Irish Catholic family, nine kids. Um, I thought it was 22 children, but... It feels like that. There's always It always felt like there's 22 children at our house at any given moment. But she had a 15-passenger van that my mom and would drive us to school in, and they oh, would wow. switch off days. And on Halloween, Colleen and my mom would dress up as something. But the best one was whenever they dressed up at... Colleen dressed up as a limo driver and picked us up individually from our classes at at grade school and we were all mortified all the other kids are laughing dying and like oh that's so cool and we are just like get us out of here of course she's in the front um but so it sounds like you had a pretty fun uh childhood never a dull moment um you were very visual because you were doing uh what is it visualization visual boarding way before it was kind of cool right yep yeah i so that going back to that binder um i always had i always had a plan for everything um and if you i I talk loud and the, the reason I do that and the reason I ha- feel like I have to be organized because if you don't talk or you don't have something to say, you're not going to be heard yep, yep. Um, with so many people around. So in my quest for health, I think I've always been really geared that way. Um, and she likes my sister, your wife. She's like she likes that homeopathic thing. Oh, oh. she's the coolest. She oh, no. is the coolest. <laughs> well, my eating habits have changed. Yeah. <laughs> You've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> it's good for me. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. But, but yeah, so there's financial wellness, there's like your physical wellness, your dietary wellness and spiritual wellness and all of that. And I was very comfortable looking at food and exercise. I played sports all growing up, um, was raised Catholic. So I had God was, I knew God was in my corner, um, which was. And you felt guilty a lot of the times, right? All the time. time. (laughs) It comes with it. We got it. My spirituality (laughs) has since evolved, but I feel very loved now, fortunately. But But this is pretty cool because, you know, and I know I'm kind of setting you up, but you have this well-rounded like way that you look at the world right and and we talk a lot about one uh it's not a direct path to where you're at right now and we'll get to that but having that well-roundedness you're just a person yeah you know what i mean and you're going to get into financial planning we'll get there but it's just so interesting because we're trying to take down some of the barriers of people getting all anxious about you know handling money and you know you're just a normal person who got into financial advising and and it's kind of just fun to hear your background story story so yeah one thousand percent big hats off to my parents for being really great about taking us to go to parks and go to the museum and go listen to different music. Shout out Julie's disco playlist again. But like (laughs) they really did a lot to expose us to a lot of different things. And there's so much to be said about different centers of intelligence, which we were talking about. Um, There's the head intelligence, the heart intelligence and the gut intelligence. And so it's like what feels good, what sounds good, what tastes good, all of these things. And you can find success in just following what feels good, I think. Um, And what led me to finance a little bit was 
I was kind of afraid of it. I didn't I didn't know what to do. My... So can you back up just a little bit into sure. like when you were younger, did your dad, was he like forcing it down your throat when you were growing up? Quite the contrary. He was always just don't worry about money. Uh, you got to follow the three basic principles, oh which God. I'm sure you heard the podcast, but I've heard these <laughs> a thousand times. Don't spend more than what you make. Even when I was a child and all I was, I was playing with grass. So I was like, I filled my little tyke's like car, plastic car with grass. Like I don't, I don't have coins. Um, but don't spend more money than you make. Don't rack up bad debt and have an emergency fund. Like have a backup. Savings are good. Put it away. Pay yourself first. So starters, if you got those done from the starters, yeah. he kept telling you from what you told me is that you're gonna be okay then. Don't worry about it. And I was like, Dad. I know there's more. Like, I know there's stocks and bonds and mutual funds and there's something options called options. <laughs> um, I guess you. it seems like gambling. Like, why aren't you telling me I, I'm smart enough to handle this? And so I thought I was dumb because he didn't go into the minutiae. So he didn't talk about meme stocks when you were 12? Oh, my gosh. As much as I wanted it to, him to, no. My mom probably was like, not at the dinner table. Did minutes. they have memes when you were 12? Mm, I don't no, think so. I don't yeah, think so. We had gel pens and Liz Frank <laughs> binders, which I loved, obviously. Um, but it just goes to show that yeah. if you just follow those three, you can either get help for the stocks and bonds and options and all that stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, um, you, you learn it. And so we're trying to demystify stuff. Yeah. So I love that he started that way, which was very simple. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much, there's no shortage of depth that you can get into, uh, yes. but knowing more isn't always better. Like being smart doesn't always save you from stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why is she looking at you, Tony? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just thinking about, relatable? <laughs> I'm just thinking about people who maybe have wrecked a golf cart before and like, man, I've seen smart people do that before. <laughs> I'm oh, not geez. saying nothing. <laughs> and you've told me some other stories about very smart people having big red things in their head and all that other stuff uh -huh. uh, falling down on their head. But uh -huh. uh, so he didn't really force so, it down your throat. Not at all. Quite the contrary. Um, he would answer questions if we had them, but we kind of had to come with specific questions. Gotcha. Um, but where that led me, it still, I felt the feeling matters, right? So your mind can tell you one thing, but your heart might say something else. And I was scared because I didn't know. And so that kind of led me on the path of, okay, there's, if there's a monster in your closet, it's usually scarier if you're just sitting in your bed at night and like, oh, worried about it, worried about it. What's under my bed? Like what's in the closet? Like, I just want to look at it. And if you open the door nine times out of 10, there's nothing in there. But if there actually is a monster that you're looking at or something that you're afraid of, if you look at it, it gets a little less scary. So, you so it's realize, imagined fear. Yeah. I yeah. mean, a lot of the time, fear is an illusion, but just because it's not tangible doesn't make it not scary. How old scary. are you? <laughs> I, like, I don't even know this stuff. <laughs> but, books. Like, I've so talked to... I need my dad and my mom to teach me some of this stuff. I, maybe they still can. Yeah. But it, what it was, who who did that quote, the only thing to fear is fear, fear itself? Uh, was that Winston Someone's Churchill? I don't know why me. I'm thinking that, but it may not have been. I think he gets attributed to about 70% of the, quote, the cool <laughs> quotes out there. I just read a book about, it was like a historical fiction book about his mom, who was apparently an icon and a socialite, and she really kind of paved the way and opened the doors for his Winston's father um, and then Winston. It was fiction or nonfiction? Um, historical fiction. So just huh. grains, they color in the in the lines, I think. Is it JFK? 
<laughs> who knows why he's I'm going to look it up. You guys keep going. Winston Churchill? No, but... Uh, JFK, that quote. Oh, the quote, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. something really interesting about uh, Churchill, not to get too far off, but he, he like, lost... Um, he had tried to be the prime minister, I think, like, eight times and oh, lost yeah. seven. <laughs> and then finally got one. Everybody's like, oh, he's hugely successful. It's like, no, he got pounded oh, over yeah. and over and over until he did it. FDR. Oh, oh Franklin Delano. I knew Delano. it was one of three-letter presidents. I just couldn't remember which one. FDR said that. Only thing to fear is fear itself. Got it. Okay. Learn something new. Nice. So, so you're sitting there just talking about the fear, even though it's not real. Yeah. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, uh, you don't feel it, right? Yeah. And so I'm sure when you're talking to some of your clients, it's the same thing. It's like, I'm afraid it's, it's going to do something. And, you know, you, you walk them through that. And we talked a little yeah. bit about robo-advisors. I know I'm kind of j- jumping all over the place. Yeah, by all means. But the robo-advisors, you know, we're really afraid, oh, my gosh, you know, they're going to take over your yeah. job, which is a robo-advisor takes your information and then gives you information about how to. It's kind of um, a plug and plug. Yeah. I mean, not a, pro- not a person, but a, yeah. a computer program, a robot, app. a robo-advisor. Yeah. Well, it could be an app. It could be the internet. It yeah. could be Instagram. It can be whatever. And in all truth, I I have apps. I have planning apps. I follow sure. blogger financial bloggers, and um, I I get a lot from the internet. Like, and I get a lot from books. Absolutely. But and I would be silly not to. But the reason I'm not afraid of financial advisors going anywhere, or my job going anywhere, is the human element, which is the and most that's important. The tie-in, right? So um, they can't tell you not to be fearful, or how you get out of being fearful. Yeah. At least right now. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that quote of it's it's not the markets that we need to be afraid of. It the risk isn't so much there. There is risk there. Oh, absolutely. But. The greatest risk is in people and erratic behavior. How they react to. Yeah. It's um, how well are you able to make a plan and stick to it? And you can really Mm -hmm. do a lot with that. And then that kind of helps with the fear or the not knowing or the, okay, so the X, Y, or Z just happened. And it's not how can I fix X, Y, or Z because you have no control over what happens in X, Y, and Z in the external world. But what you can do is make a plan. And then you can kind of tinker with the plan and how do I feel about the plan? And um, is this is this fear talking? Is this logic talking? What What's going on here? Um, so that is a more tangible, like I'm going to control what I can kind of thing, which and is why you make the workout plans. That's why you go make the diets. That's <laughs> Because when you stick to them, you actually reach those goals, right? So, sure. so it's school, more trackable. You, you like philosophy or psychology better because that applies more. <laughs> And numbers. <laughs> so to go all the way back around yeah. to what we originally were talking about of like, how did I start my family and who did I want to be when I grew up? Right. I spent a lot of time um, banging my head against the wall as how old am I? Like, I don't I don't know if I was an eight year old that was born into a 90 year old's body. But that's not true <laughs> because 90 year olds don't they understand that life has its circles and its twists and its turns. But whenever I was. A little bit younger. I'm still young, I know, but um, maybe a younger soul. I was so worried about my purpose in life and if I was going to be successful and being successful to me meant lovable. And I didn't realize that at first. So I felt like I had to get the titles and the names and I had to make XYZ amount of money to be someone that my parents could love. (laughs) And my parents are so loving. Like my mom would stand behind me in our mirrors whenever we were getting ready for school in the morning and say, you're beautiful and everybody loves you. And she would write it in dry erase marker on our mirrors. I kid you not. But some (laughs) nagging voice in my head was just like, 
they, they're just lying. Like they, they're just saying this. So I'll be successful. So I felt like I needed to know what I was going to do. Do we need to get her mom on here next? <laughs> oh, like she's the most fun person you'll ever talk to. She's awesome. She redhead too? She is not. Okay. Um, but but well, I mean, you get that. I get that a little bit growing up. It's like, oh, my parents are just saying that because you're supposed to say it. Yeah, yeah. And so now you got doubt, even when you're hearing it from somebody yes. who you trust. Like then yeah. you still get that doubt. And they're doing all of these things all the time to make sure that you're okay and you're happy and you're taken care of and you're fed and there's a roof over your head and you have siblings and friends and all of these things. But I was like, but really, the pin in the can't or. The pin in the grenade or whatever, the pin in right. something is if I make them proud and I make <laughs> money and I have a good title. Um, I think a lot of us think about that, right? You so want to like, make your parents. I, I mean, we talk about your brother a little bit and it's yeah. like he wants to be proud and he wants people to be proud of him. Like and I having do. all those siblings, you're looking around and you're like, okay, who's going to do it? Like who's going to get the best job, therefore be the most loved? Yeah. But well, there's a lot of competition you got to stand out oh yeah oh my god that's why i decided to grow six feet tall and have <laughs> red hair i think there are a lot of aspiring basketball players who are going to want to listen to the uh the way you got there but i don't even know <laughs> my dad always told me he goes you know why you turn out so tall no why because i always had to kick you in the butt when you're little <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. But, I so say. that could be what happened. You you might have I mean, blocked that maybe, out. Maybe honestly, yeah. I'm not going to rule it out entirely. No, but you Julie, should no. have my mom on. Yeah. Figure out the answer for all of us. <laughs> we, we we may have to do that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I my path to figuring out what I wanted to do and why was around and around and around. But I thought that I was going to be. I want first off, I wanted to be a singer or a teacher. I wanted to be a rock star. So I guess I kind of get to be wow. that right now. Right. Hannah Montana. Uh, Hannah Montana, Christina Aguilera. <laughs> you could have been. I'm sorry, but you know, I was just saying, you know, they could. You could be both. A right? double life, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to be a rock star and a teacher. So how did you go into communications then? So, just because I talk a lot, <laughs> um, I, I could get an A plus so in I that went, class. I went to RU and originally went to the Kelly School of Business. Okay. So I was like, titles, like. It's one of the best business schools in the country. Amazing. <laughs> this will make them love me for sure. But, so I went in and I, people were wearing suits to class or like everyone had Greek letters on. Things have like, changed. I was like, hmm, I don't know. Like, I really want to be like the flower child with the floaty skirt and the tank top that I made. Like, I this feels weird. So I started taking other classes in the liberal arts side of IU and found communication and cultural studies. And I had this amazing professor, uh, shout out Philip Perdue. And he, if Portland was embodied in a man, it would be Philip Perdue. But he wore one of those golf hats every day. He was probably mid thirties and had lamb, a lamb chop uh, sideburn yep, yep, situation going. <laughs> and he let his friend do a tattoo on him that was supposed to be the tree of life on his forearm, but it looked like a decaying piece of broccoli. And he like, <laughs> this was his introduction to our class. He's like, so I got the barbed wire around it, my wrist to kind of like cage in the, the broccoli tree. And I was like, this is all cool. But then he talked about, he started talking about how our vocabulary shapes our lives and the words that we use affect words how powerful. we feel about ourselves sure. and the rhetoric of architecture and how the places that we inhabit and the people we surround ourselves with interact with our different levels of intelligence. And what does that mean? And a tree is only a tree because you, you and me and all our teachers taught us it was that. And when we all agree as a society that a tree is the brown sticky thing with the leaves growing sure. out of it. Um, and I was like, 
Whoa. But like, that made I feel you like feel. I just had the blue pill. Like, I, Kelly, you're cool, but like you're going to be Matrix. my minor now. And so I was like, but I want to figure architecture out. Architecture did. Architecture yeah. does make you feel different, right? It does. If you're in a really high class building that's different from, you know, like we we're talking about Barcelona with yeah. Gaudi. I think yeah. you were talking about what the uh, Czech Republic. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you step into like standing on a cornfield. Or standing in the World War II memorial, or standing where the Twin Towers crashed. Like, sure. you don't have to talk to anyone. Very different. You'd, you could be dropped from wherever, or in a childhood bedroom. Like, you're going to feel something different regardless of who you interact with there. Right. So, this kind of circles back to the follow how you feel and follow what feels good and follow, like, I, for whatever. To choose reason. your path. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be light and sunny, but like, for example, reading about history, there's a lot of darkness there, but it feels important to read about. It just it. draws so you to do. it, and, and yeah. you just feel it. And so you go into communications, get this great teacher, get yeah. you all like um, excited about communications. Yeah, and then college ends, and you're like, everyone communicates. Like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do with a communication degree? Like, I I could go anywhere and nowhere. Like, it's. It's not neuroscience where you know you got to go to a hospital and either research, you're either going to clinicals or research or wherever. Whatever, so yeah. There's a narrower path there. But I was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, back to square one. Am I lovable if I don't have a job or don't know what I'm supposed to do? But my parents were supportive and they were just like, just follow how you feel. And so I took a job out of school. I was like, this, I just did a sales job, like a cold calling sales job. I called 400 people a day, every day. Whoa. And my sales cycle reset every two weeks. So I didn't know if I was going to have a job every two weeks, like it reset. You could have That's had brutal. a killer week um, or two weeks, did a personal best and then be on probation two weeks later. Like it was nuts. I did that for a year and a half and I woke up <laughs> in my my bed one day when I was 22 and I was like, I'm waking up from stress. Like, why am I doing this? So I quit my job and I did a month long yoga teacher training in Aruba. And I was like, I'm going <laughs> to find myself. I'm going to do a mini retirement for three weeks and then come back. Three and weeks mini retirement. Hit the ground running, revitalized oh. and spiritually enlightened. And spiritual enlightenment didn't happen, but I met an amazing community of people that believed in me and loved me without having to necessarily understand me. In Aruba? In Aruba, yeah. So just people that you met, there were they from all over the world? All over the world. The woman who hosted it was from Sweden and, wow. and her, met her husband in Aruba and they had a daughter and opened up a studio there. Her daughter, I think it's so cool that they integrated and this actually will come back to um, why I picked my job that I have now. Right. She, her three-year-old was running around the studio with her at all times. So she is a full-time business owner and full-time mom at the same time. And her daughter and having her family there really made everything better. And it wasn't a give or a take. It was all the cake and a soda on the side. Just like, synergistically, it was like, like made her life better. Beautiful. And they had a dog rescue too because she wanted to be in. She was an animal lover and also a philanthropist. So, and the dogs <laughs> came to our like we helped out with the dogs and the dogs came and helped us. And so it was like dog yoga. 
or is it? No, but um, during <laughs> our goat lunch yoga is that would so be weird. Cool. But anyway, there's a cultural appropriation thing downward that kind of happens there. What's that? Down, Down, dog. Downward dog. Downward dog. Yeah, that's a key one. The dog <laughs> invented that actually. Yeah, they're yeah. so good. They invented so yoga. Good. Yeah, they kind of got limited though. They couldn't do all the baby those, pose. All got the, invented the, by the baby. eagle arms. <laughs> the warrior. The warrior. Yeah, sun, sun worshiper. Whatever. Can you, know, you t- imagine? <sighs> that's hard to do for a dog. I would love to see it. The tree pose, <laughs> like. <laughs> so that's great that's like a great twist i love that going to aruba yeah and and remember tony we talk about this every time we talk to somebody it's like you're not on a direct path oh my gosh and it just changes and you go all over the place well they had signs every day that they would change out and my favorite one that i i ended up making coming home and making my own version of it and it's hanging in my house but it's you're exactly where you're meant to be right now yeah that's good no matter where you are like you are meant to be where you are so she's like uh, I feel like she's how like, old are you again yeah. I'm I think 26 it, okay I think I'm on my fourth reincarnation she's on her 40th yeah exactly uh, I'm a child in this conversation <laughs> she was 40 when she was 20 you know what I mean like but mentally but what I will say so I was just having this conversation with one of my friends and I was like 20 somebody asked how old would you be if you weren't your age and I was like you know what I feel like 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s are like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior years of high school, yep. where it's like freshmen and tw- so 20 year olds. <laughs> You're not a senior. What's what's beyond senior? Can you tell him? Just Nirvana. <laughs> it's me. Nirvana. Nirvana. Actually, Nirvana. I was going to answer the question because my wife and I have this conversation all the time. Like, how old are you? I'm 22. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always 22. She's like, are you ever going to mature? I'm like, no. <laughs> you said, picked and me. This is, and this is what you had during the dating process. The funny thing is, is you know, a lot of times women think, hope that their husbands will change. Yes, and the husbands hope their wives won't change. Yes, and they're both wrong. Yes, exactly. I'm not married, so I'll take this one to the bank. There, you know, there, this, yeah, see, I have right, to teach you right something today. Put that down there, deep. She's been teaching me. I got I had to give you that little nugget there. I appreciate that. So 20, 30, 40, 50. So, so twenty freshman year olds. Freshman year olds, <laughs> coin it. Um, <laughs> coin it. I'm, I'm putting that in NFT egg. right now. NFT. <laughs> um, but okay, so freshmen, you show up mm-hmm. and here to all you kids and high, that are about to go on to high school or college. Freshmen don't know what they're talking about. You won't right. know what you're talking about. You won't know where you fit in yet, but you have to pretend like you do. Right. <laughs> Things are hard. Very true. Everyone's pretending like everything's so easy. I went to IU and I was so used to being one of the smartest people in my class but and not having to try very hard. But I went to IU and I was like, shoot, everyone's pretty smart here. <laughs> like, yeah. I've got to start trying. Like, this is crazy. Why isn't everyone else freaking out? Game up, baby. And, but I was like, okay, but I'm going to be cool so I get invited to the parties and people don't think I'm a total weirdo, <laughs> which I totally am. But then... Sophomores are like, Psh, we know it's hard. Like, it's all hard, but at least we're not freshmen. Like, sophomores get this confidence that's like, we don't know what we're talking about either, but we know that we don't know what we're talking about and we don't have to, but at least we're not freshmen. Like, 30 year old, like, in 30 year olds, like, have it figured. They're like, we finally realize that not everyone knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing or how they're supposed to be or whatever, but mm-hmm. we're all on a path and it, you're exactly where you're meant to be. Did, did you take your etymology class? Uh, sophomore consists of two two Sopho different root more. words. What's I never that? take etymology. Sophomore means wise fool. If you wise break it fool? down into the in the roots, yeah, like they're starting to get smart, but they're still a fool. A you wise know, like, fool. A yeah. wise fool. That's cool. I like that too. 
have to write that one down. So um, most 30-year-olds then are wise fools. I'm just yeah, going on record. That, they most, like not a, all of them. There's not like a you. confidence <laughs> You're fine. that comes with that. Yeah. Um, and then 40, I feel like you're established and juniors are like, yeah, I'm established. I have one more year. I have time to figure out what I'm going to do after this. There's just like joy. You're, you've got your friend group. You are jiving. You've got your kids. You've got your house. You've got whatever. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Typically, I feel like. We're talk- I'm stereotyping and stereotyping never fits everyone. But generally, I feel like 40-year-olds are like, oh, I don't, I don't have mm-hmm. to stress about the stuff I was stressing out about as, at 20. And then 50-year-olds are like seniors. They're just like coasting. They're like, I got this figured out. I'm going to do what I like to do, ideally. That's Ben. They yeah. say they right? say 50 is actually one of the I've best seen, ages, like the, the biggest world, amount of joy. see the world. You know that you're not missing as much as you thought you were missing when you were 20. It's like you're comfortable with your stuff. So. Usually your kids are kind of getting on their own, so you don't have to take care of them. <laughs> Unlike me, it's not twelve-year-old like, kids. Ben's really in his forties. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I am very much in my twenties because I'm still having those existential loops of just like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? But so um, you get out of school, so I get out then of you school, turn around and say, turn around. work. Sarah has a fun and unique view on the world. She's in her mid-twenties and, like many of us, she didn't have it all figured out at that age. She wanted to be a rock star or a teacher, which is awesome. However, after a stressful sales job, she took a mini retirement in Aruba to become a yoga instructor. How does she become a financial advisor from here? It just goes to show that financial advisors aren't necessarily born that way. They're just like us. Come back next week to hear the rest of her story with some insights she's gleaned from her experience. See you then.